Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour two of the program, and it is going to be a big one. LSU football camp opening up. Brooks Cabina of The Advocate joins us to break down what should be a very memorable year for the Tigers. And whether that's memorable in a good way or a bad way, I guess remains to be seen most people across the country the big time college football experts are all coming around now from what i've seen to lsu being not just a thorn in the side of alabama but maybe an actual national title contender which i've said on this program for the last three months i say joe burrow does not have to be a heisman trophy candidate lsu is that good everywhere else we get to that in just a little bit plus second half of the hour you do not want to miss this zion williamson told a publication called Complex. They're a sports and pop culture website. They had a feature on Zion Williamson, sat down with him for an interview, and he told them unprompted, I plan on being in New Orleans my entire career. I plan on being with the New Orleans Pelicans my whole career. Says he envied guys and admired guys like Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, who did that. And also, he's on record saying, I don't want to be LeBron. I want to be Zion. Maybe maybe Zion and the people around him are being pretty cagey here, positioning Zion as the anti-LeBron. Of course, everybody expects, if things go to plan, Zion Williamson becoming the face of the NBA, succeeding LeBron James in that area within the next handful of years. Very cagey here, Zion. Anti-LeBron, okay, I see you. Online right now at www.com, Chris Miller of our news department posted a fantastic story. You've got to see it. It's titled, What Happens When a Saints Fan Goes to Falcons Training Camp? It's on our front page. Just go to www.com, radio.com app right now. And this guy on Twitter, whose Twitter handle is at the underscore big potato. It's a nice Twitter handle, the big potato. Went kind of undercover to Falcons camp. And I won't spoil anything, but... It kind of shows you what a black and gold fan might experience when they go behind enemy lines. Again, that's online right now. Great piece by Chris Miller. What happens when a Saints fan goes to Falcons training camp? Let's get to some text here at 87870 as we continue to talk about the Michael Thomas situation and other Saints news. Here's one from the 504. With Julio Jones and Amari Cooper waiting in the wings, can't guard Mike, just helped us. I want a player... Uh, any day who loves our team. Here is a text from the 228. If the Saints win a Super Bowl in this championship window, then paying Michael Thomas will be worth it. The, now, bingo there. If they win a Super Bowl, nobody is going to bat an eye about how much they have paid Michael Thomas. Not me, not any fans, not any of the national media. It just won't happen. Championships are extremely hard to come by in the NFL. Don't want, let what New England is doing fool you, even though I kind of defended New England and used them in an analogy last last hour. No, it's hard to win, a, to win a championship in the NFL, especially with how stacked the NFC right now is. Here's a text from the 504. Grayson is Louisiana bred and born. 
is going to come out swinging preseason for a spot on that roster. That goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, Cyril Grayson Jr., the former LSU track star, cup of tea with Denver last year, uh, I think on their practice squad, and trying to become a football player, make that money. And if he's going to make this team, yeah, he'll have to show that speed at wide receiver, which he has, caught a couple of deep passes. But I think he's going to have to at least be in the mix as a returner. Might not have to win outright that returner job, but if he can be your backup guy, and show some stuff at wide receiver, maybe Cyril Grayson Jr. does make this roster. He's going to be real hard to squeeze through waivers. Almost impossible to squeeze through waivers. When you have a skill that world-class, which is his speed, yeah, some other teams are going to scoop him up if you try to sneak him onto your, your practice squad. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll this hour, Zion Williamson said he wants to play his whole career with the Pelicans. Do you believe him? Do you believe Zion what he says that? Seems like a very genuine kid. I don't think he'd just come out here making stuff up just for the sake of it to grab headlines, but do you believe Zion? You're going to hold him to this. That's online at www.com and the radio.com app. Houdat Nation, are you ready to rally and enjoy some classic rock and roll? I want you to mark these dates down. Saturday, September 7th, and then Sunday, September 8th. That's the weekend before the Saints' first regular season game against the Houston Texans. That's the weekend of the Who Dat Nation Rally and Music Festival. Good food, great music on three different stages, and big-time family fun at LaSalle Park in Metairie. And in conjunction with the fest, there's going to be a special JPAC VIP experience, nighttime shows with uh, all these acts, the Guess Who, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, more on Saturday and Sunday. So when you buy them, you also get the Who Dat Rally and Music Fest. This is all presented to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the Who Dat Nation. Also brought to you by River Paris Disposal, Acadian Windows, and Oakland Heart Jewelers. You can get all the details now at whodatnationevents.com. Again, that's whodatnationevents.com. LSU camp uh, getting set to open up, and there's some big questions here about LSU. Most of them, I think, can be answered in the positive. What's going to happen with Joe Burrow his second year at, as a starter? A lot of the LSU fan base, purple and gold glasses on, saying, Joe Burrow can be a Heisman candidate. Now, here's where I might agree with you. If LSU makes that college football playoff, if they're in the national championship discussion, every single quarterback who's on one of those teams at least is going to be around that conversation, at least will be mentioned in that conversation. But Joe Burrow's got to improve. 57% passer last year, just had a dreadful stretch in the middle of the season when he didn't throw a touchdown in four straight games. That coincided with LSU's toughest stretch of their season when they lost a couple of games, one to Florida and one to Georgia. Uh, excuse me, one to Alabama. He's got to be better. He's got to be better. He knows he's going to be better. Joe Brady's in. That should help him out. At tight end, I don't think we, we know who's going to be a starter yet. They have this guy, Stephen Sullivan, who's a converted wide receiver. Maybe it's him. A couple of guys who were injured. I know Thaddeus Moss is expected to be in there, but Foster Morrow, who had locked down that position, uh, he's gone. One of kind of the heart and souls of this Tigers team the last few seasons. But if we're being fair to Foster Morrow, well, not big-time production, you know, not not all-American-level production from Foster Morrow. 22 catches, two touchdowns, 272 yards. It's not like the, the shoes are huge to fill from a statistical perspective. So we were watching that. Offensive line has been 
just a sieve for this team the last couple of seasons was really their Achilles heel last season. And I, they have these guys that are coming back. Uh, Sadiq Charles is there, Damian Lewis. We all know about Lloyd Cushenberry, who is kind of turning into one of the better sitters that this uh, program has had kind of since T-Bob Hebert was there. But there's spots that are still being sorted out. Right tackle, we don't know who's starting there. Left guard, Chasen Hines, Adrian McGee are expected to battle for that spot. So we're going to watch this offensive line battle play out. And I say watch proverbially because we're not really going to get a great look at this. We never have got a great look at this in camp in the Coach O era. And then remember, Cole Tracy is gone. Cole Tracy endeared himself to the LSU fan base like basically no place kicker had before with the game-winning kicks, including that one against Auburn. It's going to be tough to find another Cole Tracy. You got a couple of guys battling. Connor Culp, Avery Atkins are coming back. You've also got Cade York, an incoming freshman. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, boy, losing Cole Tracy, those are now those are big shoes to fill, real big shoes to fill. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Brooks Cabina of the Advocates is going to join us to talk some LSU football as they head into camp. The last lap, we'll do that next on WWL. LSU football in view, camp is set and boy is it a big year for coach o and his regime here big time expectations maybe not quite national championship expectations but they look i've said it this hour a lot you look across the country right now and a lot of these national talking heads they're all coming around that the dark horse in the country to win a national title is lsu not just a thorn in the side of alabama things go right maybe they finally dethrone uh, Alabama, but we'll see. It hasn't happened in a while. I know this is kind of stuff we talk about every single summer as we head into camp. Let's bring on in Brooks Cabina to talk about LSU and camp. Brooks, who covers the LSU Tigers for the Advocate, he's on Twitter at B Cabina. Brooks, what's going on, bud? Hey, Seth, going good, man. How about yourself? Look, look, I'm ready. I'm ready to get this this camp started. Is this program, the coaching staff, the players, are they embracing these pretty big time expectations heading into this year? All right. I mean, as much as expectations for every year, I mean, they always expect to do well. Um, and as much as that is around there, they, you know, they try not to listen to as much as going on outside. And I mean, you were talking about the expectations for them outside. I mean, as far as those things go, I mean, they want to win a national championship. And the thing is like outside of what their expectations are, I mean, you're in a situation where you don't, you can lose to Alabama and still get in. I mean, we've seen Alabama go one loss and not have to play in the SEC championship, come out of the West and still win, you know, go go into the national championship. So with a team like Texas, who's probably going to be a top 10 team whenever they go in and play Austin, if they win and then run the table outside of Alabama and still sit out of that SEC championship game, you could make your way as the four seed into the playoffs. No, yeah. I mean, it's very realistic. Yeah, if they do that, I would be stunned. I'd be sitting here on the radio going, come on, you got to put these guys in the in that playoff. If they're only losses to Alabama after going to Texas, I'm with you, Brooks. Let's go to Joe Burrow. It, it, it seems to be a relatively high amount of pressure on the guy. A lot of that coming from the LSU fan base who's trying to tell me and convince me and others that, hey, this could be a sneaky Heisman Trophy candidate contender. Well, he'd have to make, and you know this, Brooks, a pretty big jump from what he did last year as a 57% passer, four-game stretch midseason, didn't throw a touchdown, but it sounds like, Brooks, the coach coaching staff is telling us he is going to make that big leap in Joe Brady's at least who's going to be helping out with the offense 
Yeah, I, I think Heisman jump may be too much of a jump at this point to say. I mean, the one thing that suits Joe Burrow in this offense is that he's already been an accurate passer. Last year he set the record for LSU for most uh, pass attempts without an interception. Uh, it took till Florida whenever he was on the final drive trying to, you know, drive for what was then still uh, a chance to win the game when he threw a pick six. I mean, he's been very, uh, very accurate, very – he knows how to make decisions. And, you know, they like that about him in this offense where it really does take a quarterback to identify which keys on the defense or what they're reading in a play, um, you know, whenever they run run-pass option schemes. Uh, you know, he's also bulked up. He's, he's brought up to near 220 now to last throughout the rest of the season at his weight – um, he found out that, hey, you know, newsflash right down in the south, it gets hot all the way through December. And uh, he's he's going to be bulked up and can uh, last throughout the year. And he's got a couple of, of scholarship quarterbacks now behind him where he can run more often in the system. So, I mean, you're going to see a lot more of what Joe Burrow can do, just more fitting in the offense and also running. I mean, we've we've talked about this. We've heard about this all summer. But, yeah, he's he's definitely more of a fit in this offense. So how different is this offense, specifically the passing offense, going to look now with Brady, part of this coaching staff? So so Ed Ogeron said today at the Rotary Club meeting, there was a Baton Rouge Rotary Club meeting at Tiger Stadium. There's one every year. Last year, today almost, uh, I think it was last year today, uh, he stood up there and said they're going to run three, four, five wide re- wide receiver sets. And he said the same thing today, and people kind of chuckled because they'd heard the same thing. And he's like, no, for real. So, I mean, it, <laughs> you, we saw it in the spring game. You know, we saw we, we saw it out there, and they've got the, got the schemes to do it. Um, enough wide receiver depth, enough running backs who could be all-purpose from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to John Emery coming in. that They can throw the ball to running backs and use them. Stephon Sullivan is a good body to have it tied in where you can – better suited, split him out as a slot more in, in that kind of way. You know, Joe Brady uh, brought in a lot of plays from the tight end position from the Saints. And, you know, that's that's kind of an under-talked-about thing um, because, you know, everybody's talked about how he's been able to run, implement the run-pass option scheme. But, you know, to be able to use the tight end in different ways, I mean, you, you've seen that the Saints the past couple of years. And, you know, that's – that's uh, another part of this offense. So it's going to look a lot different. I think one of the things that everything seems to be about the passing game, but so it, the, the running game really does need to be um, effective. You know, I got a chance to talk to Joe Moorhead back in March. He invented the run pass option in some ways back when he, you know, was at Fordham and then Penn State. He's who Joe Brady used to coach under as when he was a GA at Penn State. Uh, but he said, you know, in order to get that dangerous defender, it's all about turning that, you know, if you're running the ball a lot and all of a sudden you have to send a blitz to stop it, how do you get rid of that guy and make him a counterbalance to where you're playing off of him now? you got to get that guy to come down and start blitzing, and that means you got to run the ball. you got to be effective. So if, if that doesn't work, then you're kind of, you know, in, for lack of a better term, you're, you're not doing so good in that. So, I mean, you've seen Alabama run this. They've been able to run the ball a lot and be effective there still, and they run run pass option as good as anybody in the country. You know what strikes me there, Brooks, and we're talking to Brooks Cabina, the advocate, LSU football. That sounds almost identical to what Pete Carroll says in front of a mic. We know Coach O and Pete Carroll very close, uh, still very close friends today, and he was a member of that staff over at USC. I mean, I, 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 you just put Coach Carroll behind the mic, and that's exactly 
exactly what he'd say, Brooks. You got to run the ball. Got to run the ball to set up the pass. You know, got to bring that defender down. It's 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 very interesting. Well, the whole scheme is this. The whole scheme depends on it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all about being able to turn a dangerous defender into uh, one that is now playing against the defense, turning it on itself. It's a counterbalance. And in order to get him to come down, if he's not coming down at all, then you you, you don't have to run that scheme. So, you know, it's in order to get him down, you got to be able to, you know, make him make him uh, want to come down. Well, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, that Coach Joe, yeah, he's prone to a little hyperbole. Uh, maybe some here, maybe not. As he said, this – secondary that he's coaching right now is the best secondary he's ever been around and that includes those great ones that we just referenced at USC with Pete Carroll last year when you had Greedy and Christian Fulton and and Grant Delpit is this really the best secondary that that Coach O's ever seen maybe the best secondary LSU's seen uh, you know it's it's you know Grant Delpit unanimous All-American Christian Fulton who in some schemes last year was considered a better cornerback than Greedy Williams Derek Stingley, we haven't seen yet, but I mean, he's—I mean, let's let's just talk. He's been here eight months. It's almost like he's a sophomore already. Um, you know, the the main faces of this secondary are very good, but the depth is not as deep as you probably would want to have going into a season. I mean, now that Calvin Joseph is gone, let's just talk about it. behind Ter- Derek Stingley. You've got Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley starting behind them is all the true freshmen that they got from Cordell Flott to, to, you know, Ray Ward and everyone that that's left there. I mean, they don't have as much experience back there. So, you know, the main pieces are good and Delpit and Jacoby Stevens are two safeties. That'll probably be uh, very big pieces in Dave Aranda's scheme. So it's just, you know, if, if, if there's any, any trouble health wise, you know, what, what, what happens, but as far as like main faces like this, there's a lot of things that uh, a lot of things that Aranda could do with this, and it, it it it's it's definitely on its face better than what they had last season for sure. Uh, Brooks, in about 45 seconds, can you tell me the one position battle that you're really watching? I mean, it's 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 got to be right tackle. Um, you know, right now it's Austin Deculus leading, and Badera Treor is behind him. Um, I would almost say left guard as well if I had to pick two. These are the most important position battles on the field as tomorrow uh, as camp starts because we talked about the offense and all that all all of the passing schemes all the running schemes if they can't block at the right tackle they can't i mean they ranked outside the hun- top 100 in the country of both tackles for loss allowed and sacks allowed that can't happen again if they're going to make the jump and compete with Alabama who was just con- dominating the uh, line of scrimmage during that game so if 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 that isn't one outright by somebody then that means there's still some struggles there that they don't have someone that's take command of that position. So we'll see how that goes. Brooks Cabina, the advocate. Brooks, always appreciate it. We'll talk to you during camp. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Seth. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, WWL.com. Zion Williamson says he wants to play his whole career with the Pelicans. Do you believe him? Cast your vote, simple yes or no, WWL.com, radio.com app. And, yes, that is what Zion Williamson told a publication called Complex, Complex complex.com. They're a pop culture and sports website. And he sat down with an author, Macklin Stern, for a very expansive interview. And in the middle of this, this broke last night just about when we were getting off the air. This article was published and kind of blew up NBA and Pelicans Twitter. In there, Zion is quoted as saying, I don't want to be like LeBron. I want to be like Kobe Bryant. 
and Dirk Nowitzki. I've looked up to those guys. I'm paraphrasing here. Those guys stayed with one franchise their whole careers. So that was another, I guess, shot in the arm for a Pelicans franchise and fans who have seen nothing but those the last four months. It's amazing how this franchise has risen from the ashes of NBA irrelevancy to where they are right now. And now you have this superstar kid, Zion Williamson, before he even plays a game saying, yeah, you know what? I want to be in New Orleans my whole career. Now, a couple of things here that I want to point out. Number one, when he's up for unrestricted free agency in eight years, I am not going to hold against him something that he said just a few weeks after his 19th birthday. That would be silly. It would be. But also, he didn't have to come out and say this. This was unprompted. It was unprompted. And it's also very, very intriguing to me, listening to Zion and those around him the past few months, how they positioned Williamson as the anti-LeBron James. They're almost going out of their way to do that. And I don't know the exact reason other than if you expect to be the face of the NBA and carve your own path, it's hard to do that in the footsteps of somebody as overwhelming as LeBron. The same way LeBron wanted to get away from Michael Jordan, didn't like those comparisons. He wanted to be LeBron, not the next Mike. And Zion has said just that in interviews. He wants to be the first Zion, not the next LeBron. Well, LeBron, what has he done in the NBA? What, what's one of the, the main things that he'll be remembered for? It's ushering in this era of player mobility in the NBA. And maybe that's a euphemism to really say uh, the mercenary tactics that NBA players and NBA stars are using to go to the franchises, the cities that they want and team up with, well, the players that they want. Perhaps... We're going to see maybe a, a rebalancing, the pendulum swinging back the other way a little bit. This offseason, it's been, I mean, it's been absolutely incredible to watch all of the player mobility. We have players like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, D'Angelo Russell, and others changing teams, stars. They're an endangered species players and stars who actually stay in one place their entire career I mean you can count them on one hand right now I guess one hand and a thumb you've got the Splash Brothers Clay Thompson Steph Curry they've been in Golden State their entire career certainly seems like they're going to finish their careers there up in Portland you've got Dame Lillard I'd be stunned I mean after this new deal if he goes anywhere else but Portland maybe at the tail end of his career we will see C.J. McCollum's there. You have those four guys in the West, and I guess maybe uh, John Wall, Bradley Beal in Washington, although Beal's just been involved in all these trade rumors. I don't know. Uh, and I know he, he resigned, but I would not be expected or surprised, I should say, to see those guys end up elsewhere. So, yeah, it's an endangered species. <laughs> guys who actually want to stay and play for one franchise their entire career. But if you add up all of this anecdotal evidence that we have around Zion over the past couple of months, including when his uh, stepdad and mom apparently were talking about before the NBA draft lottery, not the draft, but before the lottery, before they even knew who had the number one pick, they were saying, well, the franchise that we'd like you to go to, son, we think would be the best for you. 
It's the Pelicans and the city of New Orleans. They were saying that before the Pelicans had that number one pick and the rights to draft him. This was this was major news last night. No doubt about it. It got just dwarfed here by the Michael Thomas contract, and I understand that, but this was major news. Zion Williamson saying in an interview with Complex that he wants to be a New Orleans Pelicans player, his words, his, quote, whole career. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have the author of that piece on, Macklin Stern, editor and strategist for Complex. He'll join us next to talk more about this. I'm Seth Dunlap as the last lap continues on WWL. Zion, will he be a New Orleans Pelicans player for life? That's our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Do you believe him? WWL.com and the radio.com app. Let's get to the phone lines. Again, 504-260-1870. Charles, you want to talk about this? Charles, what's up? Hey, how you doing? This is Charles from Slidell. Hey, Charles and Slidell. I'm just uh, hosting a radio show, man, hanging out in uh, New Orleans. What's up? Right, I've been trying to get in touch with Bob, but I haven't seen him yet at the Silver but I got—I think I got the key to the Pelicans winning a championship. All right, you tell me what—what's that key, Charles? That key is Taco Balls. Well, Taco, Taco Fall Ball. is a member. Taco Fall is a member of the Celtics organization, so uh, I guess we I don't see the correlation. We need to try to get it. We need to get that is the missing piece to the puzzle. I think. Tell me why. Why Taco Fall, who wasn't even a first-round pick, he was a second-round pick. I watched him play against Zion. Could you imagine those two on the same team? Some, that would be crazy. Look, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not somebody. I got Charles here. Your connection is a little bad there. Um, it's a little hard to hear you, but look, I'm – Maybe you're right. I'm not going to say – I haven't seen Taco Fall play an NBA game yet, and I'm, I've seen second-round picks, undrafted guys, have very good to great NBA careers. So I'm not going to sit here on the radio and take shots at Taco Fall. I think you can get enamored by his height. It's hard not to, 7'7". Seven, seven. He can dunk flat-footed. But I think that's – if you think the only way or the way that they win a championship is by just trading for Taco Fall and – like that, it's going to happen. Uh, I might disagree with you, but I guess we'll watch his career play out. I, I certainly hope and wish him the best. It'd be kind of cool to have kind of a retro big man in this league dominating. Uh, yeah, I'd be down for that. Look, big men unite, right? <laughs> now, remember, Houdat Nation, if you're ready to rally and enjoy some classic rock and roll, you want to mark these dates down. Saturday, September 7th, and Sunday, September 8th. That's the weekend before the first Saints regular season game against the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans. It's also the weekend of the Houdat Nation Rally and Music Festival. Good feud, great music on three stages and a big-time family fun over at LaSalle Park in Metairie. This is all in conjunction with the fest. There's also going to be the special JPAC VIP experience nighttime shows with the Guess Who and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That's on Saturday and Sunday. When you buy them, you're also going to get into the Houdat Rally and Music Fest, all presented by Bud Light. The official beer of the Houdat Nation, also brought to you by River Parish Disposal, Acadian Windows, and Oakland Heart Jewelers. Get all the details now at houdatnationevents.com. That's houdatnationevents.com. Let's check in on that opinion poll we told you about. Who of you, how many of you think 
that Zion Williamson is telling us the truth, being genuine when he says he'll play his entire career here in New Orleans. 56% say yes, 44% are saying no. We'll take a break for news when we come back. Carter Bryant is going to join the show. Our weekly spot with him will hit everything. We'll hit Michael Thomas contract, Zion Williamson, LSU camp, and then bottom of the hour, it's Gary Smith who covers Tulane for the Advocate NOLA.com as their camp is getting ready to open. Big year for the Green Wave and Coach Willie Fritz. Two hours down, one more to go here on The Last Lap on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 